This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. And hello, everybody. Steve Brandy on 1490 WDAN's Newsmakers program, sitting in again for Linda Bolton. Today, we're going to talk about the Salvation Army. And no, I'm not standing here in a Santa Claus suit ringing a bell next to a kettle, and we're going to get that out of the way right now and tell you the Salvation Army is busy year-round. They've been serving the Vermilion County area since 1888. 9,216 individuals served since COVID began just in March of 2020. That's almost 10,000 people they've helped since the pandemic began. So a lot to talk about Two very important people in the Salvation Army effort, and that's Melissa Wilhelm, Special Events and Development Coordinator, and Major Jason Pollum, the Executive Officer and Minister. Welcome to you both. And let's talk about this first, Melissa. Uh, you and I bumped into each other, of course, at the uh, hockey game back in December. It was a special Bobcats night for the Salvation Army, and uh, I have been many times over the years a volunteer bell ringer, but when Christmas is over and the new year hits, the mission does not stop, and you're busy year-round, are you not? Absolutely true. Thank you so much for recognizing that, and it's always great to run into you around town, Steve. You know, I appreciate it because it's fun to see so many great things happening, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Major Pollum, what about you? How long have you been with the Salvation Army? I've been with the Salvation Army here in Danville uh, almost three years now, but I have served as a Salvation Army officer. I'm in my 32nd year, so I've been I've been around the place a little bit. This is uh, we have appointments where we're sent every so often. People in my capacity, and Danville is my 12th appointment. Wonderful. And Melissa, when we talk about Danville, this particular region, this particular district of the Salvation Army. How big of an area does it serve? Let's let people understand. Vermilion County. Vermilion County. So the Salvation Army is located in Danville on the corner of Bowman and Fairchild, and it serves all of Vermilion. All right, and of course, I drive past that area all the time and see it, Bowman and Fairchild. So, And how long have you been helping Vermilion County? Since last July. All it's right. not quite a year yet. Well, I tell you what, it's been a great first year. Now, let's talk about what's going on right now. And one thing I got from you was a release about a month ago talking about how much the Salvation Army is responding to meet the needs of hungry families right here in Vermilion County. Because ever since the pandemic hit, we've had people that have had trouble keeping their jobs. We've had people who have had illnesses in their family and so many initial things that make life complicated, then so much more on top of it. And as you pointed out to me, not just helping families with food, but helping them with rent, helping them with utilities. And really what it comes down to, Melissa, is keeping things going and just keeping families with the basic necessities that they need every day. Absolutely. And to keep people off the streets. You know, we see a, a rise in evictions. There's no doubt about that. So keeping people with a roof over their head, as well as food to feed their children and trying to help them so that they're not juggling between paying rent or paying their mortgage and or feeding their family. That's just a terrible decision and predicament that people find themselves in. Major Jason Pollum, these decades you've been with the Salvation Army. What are some of the things you remember when you see a family that you're trying to keep off the streets and just keep them going. I'm sure you have some great stories of somebody you found and were able to help somehow. Uh, I have. The hard part for me is I almost forget the stories as much, only because 
that's how I tend to be. I'm not, I, I, I'm not a, I don't re- remember everything. But uh, whether it's talking to uh, people on the streets with a feeding ministry, you take a Salvation Army canteen and meeting people where they are, many of whom do not have a permanent residence, and you hear their stories. And I've heard many of those stories over the years, many of the, and all of them are heartbreaking, whether they are self-induced or others helping to, you might say, pile on. Uh, but there is no greater joy than to know that when you can do something to either help mitigate it or to actually literally transform the situation from either homelessness to at least some type of semi-permanent situation uh, or to pay a bill, which might make the difference that they're staying in their house one month or not being in it the next type thing. Uh, There is no greater joy in knowing that you can do something about that. And there is probably no greater uh, grief that you are unable to, if that ever happens. Absolutely. Now, Melissa, over the years, this is keeping people off the streets. That's the last thing when people just don't have a roof over their heads. And you probably run into some people that don't want help at first, and you have to convince them there is nothing wrong in asking for help. Can you talk about that a bit? Sure. Well, two things. You know, Salvation Army is really known for giving people a hand up and not a hand out, right? We do that. I mean, we do give handouts. We can do that all day long. But we're really looking for and interested in working with people on a longer-term basis to, so that they can be self-sustaining. And we have a wonderful program called Pathway of Hope that specifically speaks to that to help eliminate generational poverty. Uh, so we're on the lookout for those folks who really are willing to help themselves and uh, want to work for that and have just fallen on hard times. When you ask me that question, the first thing I think about is simply that when people reach our doorstep, when they cross our threshold at Salvation Army, there's a lot of shame there. There can be. It's, it's something that, you know, folks, they, they tend to not want to look you in the eyes. They feel very embarrassed. They don't want to make that public. Sometimes they're hesitant to give us information about who they are and how many children they might have. Um, they're, they're very fearful of asking for help in some regards. Uh, and that's not across the board, but we see a lot of those people, and it's, as Major Jason was saying, it's very fulfilling to help those folks in particular who really do They've just fallen on hard times, and they just need a little bit of a hand up to get back to where they were. Melissa, how do you find these people? Do you have a certain area or certain streets where you look for people during the week? Or do people need to call you and say, I know someone who needs help, and there's a website or there's a phone number? How do you get to these people for initial contact? Great. So people get volleyed to us from a lot of different resources uh, in Danville and in Vermilion County. So our information is out there. Salvation Army has such a history here that we're very connected with the other resources here. So we get a lot of people from other resources in particular. And then folks will Google it. They'll see our website. You know, they'll get abreast of our services online or by word of mouth, and then they contact us. I can't tell you how many messages I get. Uh, at 2 a.m. on a Saturday of someone that's in need of help. And one thing that I've really grown to respect about Major Jason is that I can send him those folks, and he has been so wonderful to help anybody. I know there's one case in particular that I'm thinking of right now, but he always responds 24-7. He is such a busy minister in the area, such a busy officer for Salvation Army, but he never hesitates to respond to my text. And I just have so grown to appreciate that about the major here in Danville. 
Well, major problem when you look at what may the United Way does and how the connections they have to so many organizations mm-hmm. they help. That's how it works for the Salvation Army, as Melissa was saying. So many organizations that come to you that you are connected with that you know about and this is a network that i'm sure you're always adding to every year letting people know what you can do yes uh we are connected with united way we are uh a thankful recipient of united way funds to help support uh our um uh emergency lodging uh program where we provide very temporary uh, motel lodging for people in need. And uh, we're also a, a part of the Central Illinois Community Health Network. It's a uh, network that of like-minded uh, uh, organizations, and they work together toward helping meet needs so that, one, to help eliminate duplication, and two, to uh, really uh, take advantage of the resources of the greater community. So there are many ways in which not only the Salvation Army, but other organizations connect with one another, not only directly, but through these networks. And so uh, by doing so, uh, we're doing what pretty much any other organization is doing is really uh, serving not only those in need, but serving those who support us by making sure that when we spend those dollars that have been entrusted to us, they are spent appropriately and and as generously as possible. Steve Brandy sitting in for Linda Bolton on 1490 WDAN's Newsmakers, talking with Melissa Wilhelm and Major Jason Pollum of the Salvation Army. Melissa, let's talk about something very important to all, and that's veteran services, because veterans so often need some help need some assistance, and sometimes they have trouble asking for help, but we need to be there for them. What have you been doing for the veterans? What do you do year-round for the veterans? Wonderful. So we work very closely with the VA, and I know Major Jason can speak on this topic probably better than I can, but veteran services specifically, we really work with the veterans that are on the verge of homelessness, Mm -hmm. and they're oftentimes volleyed to us from the VA. And then there are many other things that we do with the veterans as far as casework goes as well, but I think it starts with the the homelessness. Yeah, it's primarily where either they are homeless or they are on the verge of homelessness. And so our program, it's I do not oversee that program. It is a Salvation Army program. It's actually more region-wide. There is an office, and we have office space in Danville that uh, Salvation Army staff use uh, to touch base with people. And that program serves veterans and their families in uh, Vermilion, Ford, and Iroquois counties. So that that particular program serves a multi-county area, at least out of our office in Danville. But the purpose is really to ensure that no veteran is homeless Mm. uh, if the Salvation Army has anything to do with it. You know, my dad was working at the Danville VA, uh, now Ileana, of course, uh, from about 1978 to 1990. That's why I was raised here, and he was at the Indianapolis VA five years before then. But he was an audiologist and over audiology and speech and hearing. But the stories he would learn from these veterans, World War II veterans with amazing stories, sometimes somebody he'd already read about in a book, but also he found some that were down on their luck and he wanted to help, and it was great you guys were there for stuff like that. It's actually how I came to the Salvation Army. I Googled veteran services on a Sunday last year, and Salvation Army popped up, and I thought, 
what in the world does Salvation Army have to do with veteran services? I never knew that Salvation Army was was hel- uh, helpful to veterans or had that type of program. And then, of course, after going down that rabbit hole of researching Salvation Army for a couple of hours on a Sunday and realizing all the things that Salvation Army does, the different programs and services, um, for the next two weeks, I saw nothing but Salvation Army popping up on my laptop, and I saw this job pop up. And it just really touched my heart. I slept on it. I prayed on it. And now here I am a year later. Now here you are indeed. And we've got to get to the next topic because I told you this would go fast. We've yeah. got so much to talk about. But we were talking off the air before we, we, we began recording emergency disaster response training. And with everything going on overseas and with so many people in the world that need help right now, refugees from Ukraine, and that's just part of it, of course. But What's happening right there, Melissa, with special efforts uh, that are going on? Great. So Salvation Army is certainly active. Uh, we are in Ukraine with the displaced folks. We're in Romania, Moldova, Slovakia, Poland, the Czech Republic. Um, you know, that's helping those folks get shelter. That's helping those refugees with food assistance, clothing assistance, and all the various basic necessity needs. Um, we are actually opening up a I think maybe first time ever. I'm not sure the history there, but I don't think we've done any kind of emergency disaster service response training here in Vermilion for many years. We're opening that up to the public here in Vermilion uh, for what may be the first time ever coming in May, May 3rd and 4th. We will do that training in combination with Champaign County. It'll be two evenings, so it doesn't. it's not a Saturday. It doesn't affect people's work day. They can basically sign up online. I'm going to start marketing that like crazy, but they can sign up if they're interested in getting a, an emergency disaster response training certificate and a, a badge and just being an emergency disaster, an emergency disaster response volunteer here in Danville or Vermilion County. They can, it starts with that first 101 training, which is happening in May. And a couple of examples of emergency disaster response here in the area. Um, we had the Gibson City flooding last year where the volunteers were notified and anyone that was interested in going and serving there could go and serve with the canteen truck for Salvation Army. And that helped people, you know, get resources and shelter and, and Band-Aids and water and, and help them with distress, which is a huge part of that as well. But it really starts with that EDS training that we're doing in May. And I'm super excited to bring that to Vermilion County. Well, Major Pollum, once they have that kind of training, and as Melissa said, they can help with flooding situations. And growing up here, we had some major storms where you need some people that are trained in emergency disaster response training. But if they really get even more training, could they end up be going overseas and helping? How far can you go with this kind of training that you're offering in early May? Uh, Early May training would be definitely a start. Uh, more, probably more advanced training might be needed, especially if that person is new to the Army and new to Army Emergency Disaster Services. But it it probably depends more on their availability because uh, crises and disasters uh, don't uh, flow according to our plan or our schedule. And it also depends on their skill set, too, and what is needed in a given place at a given time. So skill sets are very important to to determine uh, who might go and where and when, as well as uh, the training that they would also receive through the Salvation Army. So a number of those factors are in play. But is it possible? Yes. I mean, 
Uh, I've not had the opportunity to go overseas, but I've had office, Salvation Army officer colleagues who have gone overseas to assist in, you might say, hot spots where, uh, like the first Gulf War, when there were certain elements, uh, you know, you're trying to provide humanitarian aid. And so they would they would go to those. Uh, I've had people go to Iraq, Kosovo, those kinds of places, also to uh, more traditional spots, if you will, uh, where it's not so much a conflict, but just a disaster, whether it's Haiti with the earthquake in 2010 or, or those kinds of things. So it, it just depends. But uh, there are opportunities available for those who have the interest, who have the training, and probably more importantly, have the skill sets uh, that will be needed at that time of crisis. So, Melissa, if they want to sign up for emergency disaster response training in May, who do they call? Where do they go? Give us a website. Give us anything. There. So they can go to our website, which is sadanville.org. All of that will be posted under events on our local website here. And they're certainly welcome to contact me, Melissa, Salvation Army, 217-607-9445. And uh, as Major Jason said, there are different levels of that training uh, our goal is to host a training quarterly for Vermilion County. Absolutely. Well, let's move on. Melissa Wilhelm, Special Events and Development Coordinator for the Salvation Army, Major Jason Pollum, Executive Officer and Minister. I have something on this list that would have helped me years ago, summer employment workshops. Now, here we are getting close to summer, and everybody's been talking about the whole jobs picture part-time especially has changed over the course of the pandemic we're trying to get hopefully back to normal here and that means if you are a youngster trying to earn some money for college during the summer you need to find out how many opportunities are out there there may be opportunities you don't know about melissa here's a chance for them to find out wonderful so this really is my wheelhouse i have a 20 plus year background in recruitment management and uh, I, right away when I came to Danville, I met Janice Coleman, who's the career coach over at Goodwill. And she and I have that passion. We have that in common. So we had talked last year about kind of combining forces. We do volley people back and forth a lot as we come across people. And we're really doing this in partnership uh, to basically be able to work with people here locally and get them back to work help them with resume writing. You know, we'll have a month where we have a workshop that's basically on resume writing. Uh, Job seekers, how they can find jobs online, you know, how to surf the internet to find employment, uh, whether it be Indeed.com or the various resources that are available. And then just basically helping them assess their skills to find employment that is going to be long-term and and self-sustaining for them. Uh, that makes sense for them. So they're not just taking a job to take a job, and it may be very short-lived. So a couple different workshops in mind. We'll do a workshop at the Salvation Army in June, July, and August. Major Jason Pollard, when you talk about seeking jobs, let's go from the young person's point of view. One thing you hear all the time is the young people today don't have as many soft skills, don't have as many communication skills, and you can blame it on the Internet or whatever you want to. I'm not looking for a scapegoat. What I'm asking you is, what can the Salvation Army teach young people of how to get a job and make that first impression? I'm sure that's a lot of what you do there. Well, I think Melissa uh, spoke to that regarding, I think it's just developing that mindset. I, I have a son at home. He's a junior in high school, and uh, I am, I will, I'm definitely am encouraging him to uh, get into the workforce uh, in the next few months, uh, just Primarily so that he gets that experience because 
uh, as a parent, you want them to transition as well as possible and with as minimum aggravation or or self-inflicted uh, injury, if you will, as possible toward adulthood. And so I, I think developing that mindset that uh, work is not only a necessary thing, but it's also a good thing and it can be a part of achieving a great part in achieving the goals that we want to do in life that are beyond what we call work or employment. But uh, I, I think developing that mindset is, is critical and also teaching people that any job done honorably or, or done, you know, with, with our, with our, our heart and with passion is, is worthwhile, even if it's not, doesn't seem to have any prestige or, allure or great uh, uh, personal reward in the sense of recognition or what, uh, it's it's a noble thing. And um, uh, as you say, I'm a minister, and even uh, the Apostle Paul said, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. Now, I don't want to distort that scripture, but I think what he's trying to say is there's an important part of of how work is meant to shape uh, our lives. Mm. And I think it de- uh, developing that mindset from the ground floor, if you will, and and then encouraging them in that and helping them work toward that. I think telling them one thing is one thing, but working with them is another. And I think uh, what Melissa's, what she shared a few moments ago, is really meant to help bridge those uh, those gaps. I, I remember when I was thinking that I might have to do a uh, a career change uh, about a dozen years ago. And uh, one of my advisory board members at the time was working on, with me on updating my resume. I hadn't had to look for a job in quite a long time because my my work is considered a lifetime profession, at least in my context. And so you're not looking toward the next thing. You're not wor- thinking about possibly the next job other than maybe where I might go next with the Salvation Army. Uh, but so, I mean... And I, so I hadn't had to prepare a resume for decades. And then, so he helped, you know, with that. And uh, I think you just need to, I think it's helping young people know what they need to consider, but also working with them along the way. Mm. It's a really important point that what we want to accomplish there is to work with people to build a resume, to work with people to assess their skills, to work with people on interview skills we're not in a position to, and, and we're not interested in doing it for them. We're interested in working with them to help them with these things, hold their hand, walk alongside them, to help them get a leg up in this regard. Absolutely. And, you know, when I was a student at Illinois State University, the basketball coach, Bob Donawald, talked about is his team playing the game with purpose. I borrowed that from him, and I talk about playing the game of life with purpose. And that's part of it, your work, how much you put into it and playing with purpose. There's something else on this list, Melissa, we haven't brought up yet, and I circled it. Sal's Closet Closing Reminder. Now, what is Sal's Closet? Can you talk about this, please? Wonderful. So Sal's Closet is essentially the, I think you could probably speak better to Sal's Closet. I'm more familiar with the thrift store. I always call it a thrift store, and Major Jason says, oh, it's not quite a thrift store, but it really was a thrift store. Well, what, what is Sal's Closet? Is it still <laughs> around, Major? Where, it where wasn't is it? a closet. I can promise okay. you that. <laughs> Uh, Sal's Closet was the follow-up to the thrift store. The thrift, uh, Salvation Army did have a thrift store in our current facility, uh, but that closed about 10 years ago. And out of the ashes of the thrift store, 
uh, Aroe Sal's Closet. And that was primarily a free clothing closet for those in need. We were open one, maybe two days a week, and, and people could come in and secure clothing items for themselves and members in their household. But uh, uh, at least since my arrival and probably even before that, we noticed that uh, volunteer effort to maintain it because it was, it was run by volunteers, uh, staffed by volunteers. It was hard to come by. Sometimes we weren't open as much as we wanted to be. And we felt like, you know, we were, if we were telling people that we weren't open as much without, undo, you know, good uh, advance notice, that we weren't serving the community well. Plus, we weren't really divesting much inventory. You know, we get donations, but it didn't seem to go out as quickly as we had hoped. So those two things just suggested, not that there's not a need, but maybe there may not be the need for, for the Army's uh, contribution to it. So it wasn't that we didn't want to do it. We just sensed, one, it was hard to have enough volunteers to keep it properly staffed. And then two, there wasn't nearly the demand that we thought that there would be for oh. at least uh, for the Salvation Army to provide. So uh, we we determined it was not so much in the Army's, but, but in the community's best interest that we step back from that. It's not that we don't want to do it. It's just we, uh, it just didn't seem like there was that uh, demand for the Army's provision of that. And so that was formally accomplished last fall with a couple of uh, one-time uh, uh, emphases to, to help uh, clear out inventory, allowing people to take more than what we would normally allow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there was still so much left, and we just said we— and so we found a, actually a donor or a recipient in the— uh, in the Champaign area. Melissa had a, a big part in that. And uh, within the last month or two, that was finally accomplished. So nothing was really, except for stuff that was either torn, no, the stuff that you really don't want to give away because it's not worthwhile in mm-hmm. that way. But everything else that was worthy of reuse uh, was donated and will be put to use. So it wasn't like it was wasted. Well, it still went to good use. Well, it's good to hear. Melissa, where do we go from here, though? If anybody wants to donate something, do you have a source to go to? Or? Well, we, we certainly do have all the resources. What I wanted to say to that is that Salvation Army, we really we really work to do the most good in each community, and we assess that often. Are we doing the most good? Are we meeting the most needs in this community? And I think the determination was made that Sal's Closet really wasn't meeting the biggest needs in the area, which which is why that decision was made, I believe, in 2020 to close Sal's Closet for good, uh, to reallocate those efforts uh, and any monies for operational expense to other areas that served the community in a a bigger, more vital way based Mm -hmm. on the needs here. Uh, With that said, it was COVID. We locked the doors. All that stuff was still there. Major Jason and I have been working since last July to try to get rid of those things. We had a couple of public sales. We had all kinds of churches and nonprofits and just all kinds of people from the community come in and take things. And it just felt like we didn't make a dent in that store. So we were so blessed. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we rallied for volunteers and people in Danville stepped up in such a big way. We had nearly 25 volunteers maybe closer to 30 with staff that day, that um, we got it done in about two and a half hours. And as Major Jason said, we did find a a donor who was willing to take all of that, which was part of the struggle as well. So we're very happy to say we were able to clear that space. We are now looking at how to repurpose that space, and we haven't made decisions in that regard as of yet. 
but we're very excited about that as well. Uh, what I would also like to say is that volunteerism is so important for the Salvation Army. Without volunteers, we're very limited in what we can do. Without funds, we're very limited in what we can do. So I would just ask people, you know, if you have a heart to help people in your area, please sign up to be a volunteer on our website. If you would like to support our efforts at Salvation Army, please go to our website and and look at how to give, whether you give money to the Ukraine efforts or here locally in Vermilion County. Please check our website for that at sadanville.org. That stands for salvationarmydanville.org. And we're really looking for volunteers right now. We're looking for advisory board members, people people that are interested in serving on our advisory board here locally. Um, We just have a lot of need here in Danville in particular. SADanville.org. Melissa, give us that phone number one more time. 217-607-9445. All right. And at the corner of Bowman and Fairchild, I believe you reminded me, right? That's it. And please like us on Facebook. Lots of information about all of this on our Facebook page as well. All right. Melissa Wilhelm, Special Events and Development Coordinator and Major Jason Pollum, Executive Officer and Minister, thank you for educating us about the Salvation Army. God bless and continued good luck. Thank you so much. much. This has been Newsmakers. I'm Steve Brandy on 1490 WDAN, sitting in for Linda Bolton. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.